I have not yet decided where to begin for our next series on Wednesday night. And um, two weeks ago, we finished Philippians, and then last week, Tom Brennan preached from Psalm 10 and, and Job 23 about the silence of God. And now tonight, we are going to look in 1 John chapter 2. And I told the kids that uh, we were going to have something sort of related to Valentine's Day, um, maybe not in the way that we would think. Um, I don't know, I know some of the children exchange Valentines at school, and usually the rule, at least when I was in school, was if you brought one Valentine, you had to bring a Valentine for everyone in the class. And I remember going through my Valentines and picking out the ones that were better than the other Valentines because I had certain really good ones that I wanted to go to certain people. When you get older and you're in college, if you give a Valentine to everyone in the college, uh, I don't know what to say about that, but they, they probably will not be super thrilled. And as you get older, if you hand out a Valentine that says you're one of my five Valentines, that may not be all that meaningful. Um, now, granted, when you're a family man, that's true. You have children Valentines, and then you have your, your spouse Valentine, and, and that's sort of one way to do that. But uh, what we're going to look at tonight is the competition for our love. And let's look in 1 John chapter 2, verse 15. 1 John 2, 15. The Bible says, do not, love, do not love the world or the things that are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passes away and its lusts, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Let's have prayer together. And uh, Brother Matthews, would you pray for us, please? Amen. All right, well, as we get looking at 1 John chapter 2, we are told about loving the world. Do not love the world. Now, um, it sounds as if in the verse that there is a love of the world, and then there is a different love that is mentioned in the same verse. What does it say towards the end of the verse? If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. The verse is talking about two different loves, okay? Two different loves, two different objects of love. And the scripture is warning us not to love the world. And if we do, it shows that the love of the Father is not in us. Now, that love of the Father, I want to talk about that for a minute in connection with this. The love of the Father um, we might understand that as the love that is the Father's love. We might understand it as love for the Father. And that's actually how I would uh, describe it. If you are loving the world, you are not loving the Father. And so 
1 John, the gospel, or, or I'm sorry, the apostle of love is writing and he warns the believers not to love the world. Then a quick question that comes to my mind is, what does that actually mean? Don't love the world. I mean, is that saying that we shouldn't love the earth? Um, is that saying we shouldn't love creation? Is it saying we shouldn't love the people of the world? Well, if you're familiar with the Bible, you know that the Bible says, for God so loved the world, right? For God so loved the world. Well, if God loved the world, then why can't I love the world, right? Well, when it says God loved the world, he meant the people of the world. He loved their souls, if you will. And in this passage, the love of the world is not referring to people. It's not referring to that. It's referring, rather, to the world system. If we, kept, if we keep reading past verse 15, it goes on to describe what is meant by the world, right? Verse 16 tells us, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So when the Bible tells us don't love the world, that's not an excuse to stop loving the people of the world. That is an unbiblical application of this verse. What we are to stop loving is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So there is a, and a part of our world, there's a part of what exists in this world that is not from God. So uh, how is it that we can separate these things out? How can we know uh, when we're loving God and loving the world in a right sort of way, and how can we know when we're loving the world in a wrong sort of way? Well, there's two simple tests according to verse 16. The word lust means desire. So our desire is number one. And number two is the word pride. Our desires and our pride will show us if our love is towards God or if our love is towards the world. There's a famous book that was written by John Bunyan called Pilgrim's Progress. And Pilgrim, he was saved. And towards the beginning of the book, he gets saved. And I believe he was in what was called the Slough of, of Despair. The Slough of Despair. And right near the Slough of Despair, there was the city where he was born. I can't remember the name of that city. Does anybody happen to remember the name of the town he was born in? Yeah. Destruction, that's, uh, that is correct. He was in the city of destruction. And he left that city, but he was caught in the slough of, of despair. Or the, is it despair or despond? I think it must be dis, dis, despair. Okay, the slough of despair. That makes a whole lot more sense, doesn't it? But he's called Pilgrim. And all through the book, he is on his journey to the holy city. And you know, I will never forget, um, there's a lot I've forgotten about the book, as, I've already, as I have already been on display. But the, the part I was getting to is there was, as he was on his journey, he came to a city called Vanity Fair. And in Vanity Fair, Pilgrim, and I believe there was another traveler with him, got off track. And they got wrapped up in Vanity Fair. And there was a bunch of things in that city that lured them away from their journey towards the celestial city. Vanity Fair, and um, I probably should have pulled the book out and actually read up on Vanity Fair, but I, you know what? I know some of the things that were in there. They were things that had to do with the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and pride of life. And so as a Christian, 
And since it's Valentine's Day, I wanted to just simply warn us about a divided heart. Our heart is meant to love God and to love Him first and to love Him far above all the other loves of our life. There are some loves that are completely simple and must be com cut off completely. There's other loves that just must be put second, a distant second, to our love for Christ. What did Jesus say in the New Testament and the Gospels? He said, no man can serve two masters. For either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will hold to the one and despise the other. And then he said, you cannot serve God and money. So a love of money, we would wrap up with probably the lust of the flesh, is maybe where we would put that here in this category here. But Jesus warned there, and he said, you can't love God and money both in your life. You cannot love the things of this world and also say, I love God. And this pilgrim mindset, this pilgrim mindset keeps its eye on the Lord and on the final destination for the Christian, and it helps purge our hearts of a love for the world. John goes on to remind us why we don't want to love the world. Now, let me, before we get into verse 17, let me just say that sometimes there are young teenagers, where, which I might quickly add that I was a young teenager one time, who sometimes get what their parents will call puppy love. And it is an attraction, an infatuation, a fling, I don't know what other words we might use, but they, they think that they're deeply in love with someone, and an adult will come along and will warn them and will say, this is not a good idea because this guy is a fly-by-night guy. And fly-by-night has this idea that they come in one night and then they're out of town the next night. In other words, they move on. They don't hang around. Um, when you're looking for someone to settle down with, you want to find someone that will be faithful and committed and in it for the long term. Well, the problem sometimes is people will love someone that is what the Bible would refer to as passing away. Now, we all know that we are all going to pass away eventually, right? But here, we're warned about loving this world because the world passes away. It will fade away. It will disappear. You know, let me ask you a quick question. Have you ever had a chance, I hope before too long in your life, you get a chance to talk with someone who's about to die. You say, well, that doesn't sound like a very kind thing to say, Pastor. If you talk to someone who is close to dying, they have a very unique perspective on life. And one of the things about someone who's about to die is they can see some of the things that didn't matter in this life. They can see some of the things that people get all wrapped up into, and at the end of life they say, you know, that really was not something I should have given my heart over to. And verse 17 says, the world passes away and its lusts, but he who does the will of God abides forever. So let's, let's take a quick pause. He says, if the world passes away and its lusts, but, but it, doesn't, it doesn't say he who loves God, does it? It says he who does the will of God abides forever. But then my next question is, well, what do you think is going to help us do the will of God? If we love Him. If we love Him. And so there's something that is passing away, and then there's something that's not passing away. 
And John is warning his readers. He's urging them. And he's saying, don't love that which is going to fade away. Don't put your heart and your life and all of your being into that which is fading, that which is going to disappear. There's something and there's someone else that remains forever. He who does the will of God abides forever. So how is it that we can accomplish this? How is it that we can love God instead of loving the world? Now, one way might be to memorize these verses and quote them and meditate on them. That would be a helpful thing. But you know, I don't know if you've um, experienced this, but love sometimes can change quickly and sometimes it can change slowly. Little by little, day by day, moment by moment, love can get stronger or it can get weaker. Love can become more real to us or it can become more distant. And sometimes, sadly, people will say this. They'll say, I used to be in love, but I fell out of love. Right? They'll say, I fell out of love. Well, that's not really very good terminology. What they mean is they slowly made choices that harmed their love and diminished their love. And as a Christian, one of the things that we can do is to continually remind ourselves of the love of Christ for us. And it will help warm our hearts to him. So let's turn to 1 John chapter 4. In 1 John 4, from verse 7 to the end of the chapter, John speaks a great deal about the love of Christ for us and then the love we ought to have for others. 1 John 4, verse 7. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God. And everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. He who does not love does not know God, for God is love. In this, the love of God was clearly revealed toward us, because God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. In this is love, not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his Son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. No man has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God dwells in us, and his love is perfected in us. In this we know that we dwell in him, and he in us, because he has given us of his Spirit. And we have seen and testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwells in him, and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who dwells in love dwells in God, and God in him. In this our love is made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear, because fear has torment. He who fears is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. We'll stop there at verse 19. The Bible says that we love him because he first loved us. It says, this is how we know the love of God. It was clearly revealed in that God sent his son for us. So if we are to not love the world... The best way to not love the world is to have a deep love for Jesus. And, um, you know, our, our ultimate goal as Christians is not to stare at the world and say, I will not love the world. 
I will not love the world, right? That's not our ultimate goal. Our ultimate goal is to turn our back on the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life, and look towards Jesus, and look to him and say, I love you, Jesus. Thank you for dying for me, Jesus. Thank you for sending the Spirit into my heart, Lord Jesus. And as we keep our eyes on him, you know what happens to the love of the world? You know, it starts to fade. It starts to die out. And one of the things about love is you have to feed love. You have to feed it. And as Christians, we want to feed our love towards Christ. In my Bible reading, I just finished reading Luke. And Luke 23 records the crucifixion, records the thief on the cross, and records the final words of Christ. And, you know, one of the things that um, I observed this time as I read through the crucifixion is that when Jesus was carrying the cross, he looked toward the women that were around him, and they were crying. And he said, weep not for me but weep for yourselves. Now that just struck me because I thought, man, here he is at his lowest point, bearing the sins of the world, bearing the cross, and he says, don't weep for me. Now that just shows that his heart was towards these people. His heart was towards these women. And his love, he was so others-minded, even at the moment of the cross. His heart was, was a love... Um, manifested and shown and displayed to others. The Bible says the world passes away. Jesus is not passing away. The Bible does say one day God will create a new heaven and a new earth and that world will be gone. But Jesus, who will rule this world, will also rule the next. And the Bible says that we who have loved him, we will also reign with him. We will also be with him. The Bible says one day we will see him as he is. We are told in the scripture that we love the Lord even though we haven't seen him. But Christian, one day you will see Jesus. You will. And you know on that day, you will not think to yourself, oh man, I wish when I was on the world, back when I was in the world, that I had loved the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life. Nobody, nobody is going to say it on that day. You know why? Because that world will be behind us. That world will all be gone. And you know what will be before us? Jesus Christ. That's what will be left. And so the Bible says, don't place your love into that which is fading away. Put your heart, put your love upon Jesus. He will not fade away. And in fact, He's only getting brighter and stronger and more real as time goes by. Let's bow our heads together. Lord, we have looked tonight at a simple reminder about loving you and not loving this world. I pray that you'll help us day by day to maintain a heart of love for you. Lord, we know as humans our hearts are weak. Sometimes our love wanes. I ask, Lord, that we would rekindle our love for you daily and weekly and regularly. May our church services be a rekindling of love and our devotions and throughout the day may you speak words to us that would help us love you and remember you. We ask that our love for this world would fade and that our love for you would grow and grow and grow until the day we see you face to face. Would you work this truth in my heart and would you work this church, work this truth into our church as well. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. If there's any question or comment,